you are listening to a podcast from The National. We had the announcement that U.S. oil services provider Baker Hughes will pay $550 million for a 5% stake in Adnock's drilling subsidiary. We'll find out what this partnership can do in terms of driving higher profitability and new opportunities for the sector. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast from the Nationals Newsroom in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. With me is Assistant Business Editor Chris Nelson. Welcome, Chris. Good afternoon, Mustafa. Uh, so I was lucky enough to speak to Abdul Manim Al-Kindi. He's the head of Upstream at the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company uh, down in Abu Dhabi. And we'll listen to that interview in a moment. But um, I just want to paint a picture for you. I mean, this is the quintessential oil man. Um, if he was a Texan, he'd have a 10-gallon hat and a brother called JR. <laughs> So, you know, we, we we had a lot of time with him understanding what this deal means with a company like Baker mm-hmm. Hughes. And uh, now obviously you've you've been reading about it, you've 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 heard about it. I mean, before we get into the interview, what are your initial thoughts in terms of uh, uh, the significance of this? Well, it makes complete sense from what uh, what he was uh, saying overall in that it brings the operations under one roof, which of course leads to huge cost efficiencies. Um and and that makes sense. You know, the the five percent stake values are not drilling at about eleven billion. So it's it it gives an idea of quite how powerful big the company is anyway. Um, but I think, as we'll we'll hear after the interview, I think it throws up some legitimate questions um, relating to uh, you know um, the, the stated viewpoint of the economy moving away from oil um, and and various other things that we can get into there. But I think overall, yeah. It, it makes complete sense from uh, Adnock Drilling's point of view. Uh, very valid points you've raised. I mean, if we take a step back and, and we look at Adnock's transformation over the last couple of years under the CEO, Dr. Sultan Al-Jaber, um, it's moving towards a more uh, efficient sort of uh, replica of an international oil company, if you like, more than a state producer. Um, for me, this is probably the most exciting of all the deals, partly because it's the first time um, that uh, an international company has taken a significant mm-hmm. direct mm-hmm. stake in one of their businesses, um, but also um, it's it, it's the implications of what it could mean in terms of the growth of the energy sector itself, and particularly where unconventional sources mm-hmm. of oil and gas, mm-hmm. such as shale, are mm-hmm. concerned. Mm-hmm. But let's listen to what uh, Mr. Abdul Munim Al Kindi had to say. Um, I caught up with him in Abu Dhabi earlier this week. I'm here at Adnox headquarters in Abu Dhabi on the 45th floor with sweeping views of the Corniche and Arabian Gulf. It is an atmosphere of calm and steadiness, far from the excitement that has been generated in the last 24 hours from the news that Baker Hughes, the US oil field services group, is taking a $550 million, 5% stake in Adnox drilling subsidiary. Now, we've, been, we've got the chance to speak to the head of upstream at the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, Abdul Munim Al-Kindi. Um, thank you for your time. Perhaps for the uninitiated, you might want to tell us, what does upstream mean? Well, it means that you, uh, we explore for oil uh, once we uh, uh, find prospects and leads, we develop these and appraise them, uh, which may lead to a commercial production or not. Uh, we would then uh, start uh, a, a drilling program in order to to uh, uh, bring the soil, uh, produce it in, a, in an efficient way. We will manage all the projects associated with the, uh, the service facilities uh, and to transport this uh, oil either to a downstream entity, be it a refinery or petrochemical uh, plant, or export it as uh, crude to the, to the world markets. So really that's our, uh, our function, is really to explore. Once we find is to develop, uh, a scheme, a development, and then t- 
to manage the production of that in a, in a safe and a, uh, uh, manner and with full full compliance to both international standards and local standard laws of the land and due regard to the health safety of our workforce. So that's really our our mandate. I noticed in the lobby downstairs there's um, a, a big screen with the price of, of crude oil, $83, and uh, there's the Dubai, that's the Brent price, there's the Dubai price. That's right. Um, as, as the upstream, the head of upstream, do you, uh, do you think about the, the price of oil? Does that come into your day-to-day -day, uh, work? Oh, yes, every day. Every day. Um, for, for, uh, for me, I uh, appreciate a stable, uh, a long-term, a steady price that uh, motivates uh, us to continuously invest in uh, bringing in uh, uh, new oil, discovering new oil and uh, keeping a stable supply. Uh, uh, more than uh, the, you know, the hikes and valleys in the system where in fact uh, puts us either on fast acceleration or uh, slow down that's more of a disturbance than uh, than actually uh, good. And Adnock drilling, uh, the subsidiary that's the subject of the, the deal with Baker Hughes, comes under your purview. Yes. I mean, they're the guys that actually, I mean, up until now, they provided the equipment yeah. for the drilling and some of the services, but would typically subcontract yeah. most of the work. But with yeah. the Baker Hughes partnership, what, what does that change exactly sure. in terms of sure. the drilling? Well, we've always, uh, I think, uh, known in the in, <coughs> in the drilling. One, it is the one of the biggest cost drivers in the upstream. We actually spend more money on drilling than we do on anything else. The world cost is made up probably fifty percent for the drilling contractor and another fifty percent for all the other activities that go to complete a well. The manager for that process is the operating company. In our case, it's basically a knock onshore. Or Adnock Offshore and the other the other operating companies, uh, the vision uh, for us, which we pursued for many many years and actually re realized it more recently, is how do you how are you able to integrate all these services uh, and remove uh, the interfaces um, and in the process reduce the duration of the well and what it takes you in terms of effort to complete that well. Uh, we know that in every of those silos, be it the drilling or the cementing or the different activities that go to complete a well, uh, every party, every contractor has actually worked efficiencies within that uh, silo. Uh, but there remain an in, an, a kind of uh, a collection of different silos put together to complete a well. And if uh, the novel idea here, and it's really the first time that anybody you can have a, if we uh, have this, is to have a company that has an integrated service from A to Z, not as a, uh, a company subcontracting. <clears throat> that is not what we intend to do here. It is a company, the same company, that does all of the above. And that's the difference. We have the integration model. I mean, our companies offshore, for example, do select one of the uh, companies and to interface, to integrate all services together. That is not what we intend to do here. Right. It is actually a dilution of the skills and knowledge that our strategic partner brings into that company. And in the process, create a differentiated service that everybody would realize the value from. The operating company will see a shorter duration and therefore 
lower cost per well, and the company will have the reward of actually doing it, uh, doing it faster, uh, and be able to sell its services elsewhere, outside. So here, you come in with a service that people are actually uh, see see the logic, the logic, and see somebody who's actually uh, who've done it in the past. It was so difficult to bring so many people together. I think our ownership of Adnock Drilling and our selection, rigorous process we went through to select a partner who we share the values with, uh, these values, um, give us this, the success guide we, we're starting today. So as I understand it, the difference would have been on a, on a drilling project before you might bring in one main subcontractor that would then subcontract to other companies for the whole work. Yeah, the operating, operating company will do that. The operating company yeah. will do that. Now, what the ability that Adnock Drilling has beyond uh, equipment and a limited amount of service with the Baker Hughes' expertise from next year yeah, onwards yeah, yeah. should be to be able to take charge of that project of the whole, the whole from course. the operating exactly. company. Exactly. But then there will be the opportunity, obviously, to subcontract certain aspects of it to other companies. Uh, of course, where there's a need and where there's a, a commercially uh, you know, uh, viable and areas where perhaps they, don't, they have no skills to, uh, to, to offer or no value to offer, uh, then of course that, that, that would be the model. But the core activities today rest with very few companies. Uh, the high-tech contribution to the well, the technology part, is probably owned by four or five big players. And, and that's what will be integrated in this service. So it's almost access to that expertise will be in-house now. That's right. As opposed to having to, to, to go outside to get it. Exactly. And there, and there will be that, um, I guess, over time, that will, uh, you said dilution, but uh, I guess seep into the, exactly. into the fabric of the company. Yeah. And yeah. if a company like Baker Hughes, as I understand it, has um, a, a lot of experience of, of a very competitive uh, environment in terms of the drilling industry will be able to bring those quick high performance into, services into yeah, what yeah. ad hoc drilling is in the quickest possible time yes yeah. and and also that should affect whatever work also needs to be done has to be done at the most competitive and the best oh, yeah, rate yeah, yeah, yeah. by any subcontractors so it kind of lifts of the, the level of the of the playing the field yes the for everyone yeah, yeah 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 in terms of the as, as we understand it from the baker hughes deal i mean obviously the the headline figures are compelling um, it's, it's also the first time that ADNOC has brought in an international partner direct, give a direct That's interest right. in That's one right. of their businesses. But the, it seems there's a lot of discussion as well about the potential opportunities that this brings in, in terms of more drilling work. So ADNOC has already said that it's committed to doing more drilling anyway. Right. They've said that you know, by 2025, conventional, there'll be a lot of drilling. You've announced um, a 53,000 square kilometer onshore, offshore seismic survey to understand what is under the ground yeah. in, 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 within, within Abu Dhabi. And also you've put up blocks for competitive, exploration blocks for competitive licensing for the first time. Um, that was in April. So how do all these things tie into, the, I guess, the opportunity? What is the opportunity that Baker Hughes is bought into, sure. I guess, from sure. your point of view. I, th I think uh, the significant growth that we're uh, embarking on as, as part of this transformation. So uh, in the area of exploration, we're not only uh, exploring at uh, the pace we did in the past, and the more we can contain costs associated with these developments, the more we can maintain our, our position as a cost leader. That is not uh, enough. The other objective of actually uh, having, uh, having uh, Baker Hughes is the 
know-how on uh, on the unconventional development. And when you say unconventional, what, what do you, how do you describe that to someone that might not immediately know? Well, the unconventional is basically a much more difficult uh, gas or oil that is uh, characterized by a tighter rock, a lower productivity per well, very high well count as opposed to conventional. So is, it talk, is it deeper? Is it simple as uh, it that is, to say it's, it, it's it is, deeper it, under the initial it, it maybe is, oil it, it, gas? It, it, it is deeper. Uh, but I think the more thing is the well intensity. So, for example, the productivity of uh, an unconventional well will probably be uh, a thousand barrels going down to a hundred barrels, when an unconventional well will probably uh, uh, 10,000 barrels and sustain for 20 years. I mean, I still have wells today in the conventional side, some of the big reservoirs that can produce 5,000 even though they're 30 years. You can never hope to have that in the unconventional. And the, reason, the way you can sustain production from unconventional is by continuous drilling. So it's almost like a factory where you, 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 you are drilling 200, 300 wells a year, and you have to maintain that if, to, to have, uh, have the production that you sustain. So you've, the production. Got to, you've got to be quick. You've got to be quick. You've got to be, uh, 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 you know, contain the cost so that you're able to bring that oil to the market at a, at a, uh, a manageable cost, I mean. Uh, and how, because you, you've got an interesting background. You've been with, um, effectively, with Adnox since 1975. But you've also been with the National Drilling Company, which was the precursor to Adnox drilling before yeah, many yeah, of the changes. Yeah, yeah. So how, how much of a natural evolution does this feel to you of, of bringing in this partner now at this point and then oh, potentially expanding outside of the UAE? This is, uh, like I say, it's uh, uh, been a personal... Uh, uh, vision, a personal kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, something that I saw right from the 90s and uh, um, we pursue it in a, it was very hard to convince my stakeholders the, about the viability of this, uh, this notion, this, uh, this idea. And I was permitted only to very shyly to start, uh, for example, you notice we've started about 10 years ago uh, on wired line. So Adnock drilling has a wired line uh, kind of uh, uh, equipment. They do that service and they compete in open tenders. We have uh, logging, you know. So I was able to, to, uh, to get pieces of that, of that uh, uh, end game, you can say. It was only Dr. Sultan's actually, uh, that leadership is really when you say, I have this idea. It really makes sense, and it's really good. And it's it's his uh, it's his uh, kind of said, you believe in it, go for it. As long as you deliver on my mandate and what I've given you, go ahead. And and and, and it's that that uh, leadership that make it made it happen. So credit, it is not a new idea. It's something that's been cooked around and thrown around for many many years. It is this leadership that actually made it happen. So so I'm I'm happy with. With that part of it, uh, because it actually allowed us in a year time, in a one year, to fulfil all the uh, the process of selecting a partner. And and how important is it to expand outside of the, of oh, the UAE? Part of the objectives, because believe me, when you satisfy your local growth at the lowest cost possible, and this is really the lowest cost possible, and you'd be surprised how many people out there who said, "That's a super idea. Uh, we need to work on it." Uh, how many people actually contacted Baker Hughes and said, 
you know, what is it exactly you're doing? Uh, this is this sounds a super idea. How did it work, and how come you guys have have managed this? And uh, so, with that, you've been able to contain your cost internally, and now you have a differentiated service that you can go outside with, and you can compete with with anybody because you have bring, you're bringing actually value to the table that is not not uh, generated before. You're reducing the amount of work that the operating company companies in the region that actually have to put today and you're bringing a service just give me a cross in the desert and I'll go and, and, and hand you a will it's a it's kind of a, a dream uh, you know come true uh, uh, and that's our next objective is how there is it does make a lot of sense I mean it's it's an industry that the, the the UAE Abu Dhabi's had you know decades of experience oh, yeah, in yeah. it should be able to export its experience right. and its expertise um, bringing in a partner like Becky Hughes that's already been doing it in other that's places, right, Egypt, right. Saudi Arabia, elsewhere, helps with that. Um, but also, I guess it's, it's about a, a culture change to say, even though I've got so much resource here, that I need to go and, and, and do that. And, and is that part of helping, you know, the, as Adnoc looks downstream as well and looks at other value, parts of the value chain apart from upstream? D does it all link up in that sense oh, yeah, to be more competitive to expand course, into other course, markets and it, and it plays into that of whole course. strategy of course it's a, you know uh, it's an integrated uh, strategy um, uh, if I'm able to deliver uh, oil at a cost that is uh, that is very competitive uh, all of a sudden a refinery building a margin is much easier on that and a petrochem building a margin on that is much easier when in fact uh, if, if I'm not able to contain my cost and my uh, uh, production uh, uh, the, the refinery uh, margin added all of a sudden seems quite small because you're, 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 you're actually spending a lot more in actually producing that barrel of oil and a lot of it goes out. So whatever is left for a government take uh, cannot be released to invest in refineries and petrochemicals and so on. But today the margin is, is huge because of our cost containment. So let me, that's in the exploration phase, but in the, in the production phase, we also looked at the potential of this land to deliver the level of production that we can add value. In the area of production, this is where the adnoc drilling comes in. But it's not only, only adnoc drilling. The drive also, you can say we didn't shy away from merging two of the biggest companies we have offshore. Uh, Adman Zadka yeah. became adnoc offshore. Again, it is part of the cost containment that we, uh, that we uh, uh, are looking for. Uh, and, and drilling is just part of that part of that uh I mean I, I guess in terms of the production in terms of the exploration I mean more broadly um, the, because of, of the different aspects of, of ad hoc strategy at 2030 vision it's giving you more confidence in terms of, of, of end user of your market I mean it, you know 10-15 years ago it might be you're just lifting cargoes oh, it's yeah. being sold maybe there's some going strategic uh, right. uh, storage but now you've got potentially what's going on in Ruwais you've Sorry. got uh, deals with Aramco in India with yeah. refineries, you've got uh, you know huge end market in terms of China, um, and but also locally you're you're producing petrol, other kinds of fuels. That's right. There's um, you know, a whole number yeah, of oh things yeah, happening yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, 
and yeah. it kind of must give you the confidence that if you do drill, if you do produce, yeah. that it's not just going to be sitting around because oh. of OPEC quotas or whatever else yeah. is going on, or the market demand has fallen. Yeah. It, 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 it seems a lot more diverse. Yeah, now. even uh, uh, Mustafa, we, we when we uh, we have to live in the past with this constrained versus unconstrained production, and we said, well, we are constrained, so that's my level of production, and therefore. I'm producing that, I have the capacity to, to go up, but uh, today I'm constrained. Uh, we would have been producing that and lifting that oil from our terminals or sending that oil to, to, the, to the refineries. But we look at it completely different now, if you look at maximizing value. If, even in a constrained scenario, if I change my mix of production, different crudes, uh, different mixes, which will result in higher value in a refinery or a petrochem, I do that. So today it's the molecules that I produce and how we can, I don't know, through its value chain, maximize the value from that mix. Uh, so even though I am still complying with, with uh, my constraint scenario, but I'm maximizing value to the full, fullest by, by producing what actually creates value through the value chain. We never, we never thought about that before, actually, and, and that's, that's uh, some of the ideas that we are we are looking at. Abdul Manim Al Kindi, thanks so much for your time. It's fascinating talking to you. Thank you, Hazrat. Anytime. More business extra in just a moment, but first allow me to tell you about the Nationals' other podcasts. Beyond the headlines takes a deeper dive into the biggest news from the week with a distinct Middle Eastern point of view, and our newest show, The Cricket Pod, where our experts shine a spotlight on the gentleman's game. You can subscribe to both shows as well as this one on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app, or find us as always at thenational.ae. So a little bit earlier, we heard my interview with uh, Abdul Manim Al Kindi. Uh, now, Chris, uh, you know, before that, uh, you you were saying that you know you having listened to it earlier, of course, um, that it raised a few valid um, questions about you know Baker Hughes. Mm-hmm. Coming in, the expansion of drilling businesses and services, as we heard in in Abu Dhabi, and pot- potentially taking that expertise broad, yeah. outside, mm-hmm. um, and immediately, I, I guess you feel like they're, they're, something is 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 kind of maybe uh, confusing. Well, yeah, I think it, it, you know, for an outside observer who is used to the, um, you know, the mantra that uh, the UAE economy is making concerted efforts to move away from a reliance on on crude. Um, this deal comes uh, along with uh, the statements that the partnership aims to help Adnoc drilling uh, boost its conventional drilling activity by 40% by 2025 and to cut drilling time by 30% by the end of 2019. Now, that seems to imply that there's going to be an increase in crude output. And uh, okay, so it's not necessarily going to be just selling barrels of oil, it's going to be providing feedstock for petrochemicals companies and refineries. But it doesn't seem to be part of a pivot away from a reliance on oil for the economy. You're correct because it's something different yet connected. And um, you know, as as I as I've been told, as I understand it, I mean, first of all, I mean, Adnoc, it's in the name, Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. Mm. So they're in the business of pulling oil and gas out of the ground. Um, you know, as we spoke a little bit earlier, they've been going through a transformation. They've been looking at um, what they can do better you know, and how they can be more profitable. Because, you know, Adnoc isn't just an oil company, it's also essentially the, the world's sixth largest producer. Yeah, yeah. And um, has been enormously successful 
at producing hydrocarbons and related products for six decades. But it's too easy to sit back on that and say, okay, we, we, we've got all these huge fields and reservoirs. We're pulling oil and gas out of the ground. Um, you know, let's just leave that to keep ticking over until it ends, which we know it will end mm -hmm. at some point, at least mm -hmm. it will peak and, and, then, and then diminish because of all the, the other discussions we've had over the years. Um, but at the same time, they're saying, well, no, maybe we need to make the most of these resources while we still have them. Maybe there's still aspects of it that we aren't looking into, we haven't looked mm -hmm. into up till now. And he said it, um, Mr. Al-Kindi, that you know, they're gonna drill more more often mm -hmm. in fields that maybe aren't as easy to drill yeah. in. I mean, that's, 200 to 300 rigs a year, I mean, yeah. That's a, that's not just more, that's a huge amount more. Well, I mean, they, they're talking about following the model that has worked so well in the US, for mm. example, where, you know, these drillers, they drill, they they pump, they close, they move on, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. drill, they they pump, they close, mm -hmm. etc. Um, and, you know, as po around that, as I did mention in the interview, there's a huge... Um, seismic survey mm -hmm. going going to be going on over the next five years that's no, onshore yeah onshore yeah. and offshore, and offshore both yeah. fifty-three thousand square kilometers mm. to understand exactly what's under the ground mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that they don't necessarily go after all of it but at least they they have the information and the mm -hmm. data mm -hmm. and um and also they're putting up blocks for competitive licensing for exploration and so that what they're saying is essentially it comes down to this whatever oil and gas is produced in abu dhabi going forward it will be produced profitably no matter how much a barrel of crude costs on the on mm -hmm. the market mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter yeah, 60 80 90 yeah. 100 yeah. 40 30 yeah. they will be maximizing their margins mm -hmm. and you know it comes down to the fact that you know the government still gets a lot of money from what adnoc does a lot of that comes from essentially bringing stuff out of the ground mm -hmm. and so they're saying how can we maximize that now the where it comes to what you were talking about, what about downstream? What about mm. um, you know uh, shifting to other aspects of the economy? First of all, the money that is taken out of oil and gas will recirculate into other aspects of the economy, mm -hmm. as they've done for decades. If there's more oil money to go, then that helps the rest of the economy. But that doesn't surely that increases the reliance of oil then on the economy. Well, it's uh, you invest to make money, mm. so it's more investments in other industries. Now, the petrochemicals, you know, which is you know, over a hundred billion dirhams worth of investment that's going to be coming with partners over the next, you know, five, 10 years, particularly around Ruiz, that will be essentially the customer, the f customer of choice for a lot of this mm -hmm. oil and gas mm -hmm. that comes out of the ground. And what do, what do, what do uh, refineries do that produce things like petrol and, and maritime fuel and we're in living in a world where petrol is going to be obsolete relatively soon. Well, plastic, right? You said it. I mean, you the know, world's awash with it. We don't want it anymore. Well, it depends what kind of plastic. We don't want mm. plastic bags, but we want plastics that go into cars, you know, electric cars. Mm. So there'll still be a barrel of oil in a car. Yeah, oh, definitely. It just might yeah. not be, you know, put in a not through a nozzle. Yeah. It might come already with it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other, as technology advances, there'll be a lot of other products from which it comes from. I mean, look, you talk to an oil man like Mr. Kindi, and he'll say, the world will always need oil in mm -hmm. some way, shape, mm -hmm. or form, right? And it and it kind of has. Yeah. I mean, we had whale oil before we had yes. we had you know oil yeah. out of the ground, and yeah. and we had we we needed it in other ways. So I mean, it's, it's easy to see that example. Mm -hmm. But how will we use it, and you know how will we consume it, will be a different topic. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think you do raise a valid point. It's this is a massive deal from Baker Hughes that sees an opportunity because they're drillers, that's what yeah, they do, yeah, yeah. in more drilling. Yeah. And more drilling implies more oil and gas coming out of the ground. It makes perfect sense for Baker Hughes, absolutely, yeah. 
Well, let's talk about Baker Hughes because they are, uh, you know, one of the world's largest mm-hmm. oil oil services providers mm-hmm. up there with Schlumberger mm-hmm. um, and Halliburton and the others. Now, as far as I understand it, a lot of companies were approached about a partnership and discussions were had. Baker Hughes was the best fit. Now, let's assume that they were the best fit financially because they're paying you know, for a 5% mm-hmm. stake, 550 mm-hmm. million. Mm-hmm. Plus there's the, there's the chance for, for, for that consideration to increase yeah. Yeah. in the future, depending on if targets are made. But in terms of culture and what they want to do together, well, it's interesting. I mean, Baker Hughes is an American company, isn't it? And uh, in the middle of last year, uh, GE took a controlling 63% stake in the company. Um, and yet in June this year, GE announced, surprisingly announced, it was going to offload that stake um, in the next two to three years. So it begs the question, what does either Adnock know that GE doesn't, or what does GE know that Adnock doesn't about Baker Hughes? Well, GE is a whole other ball game, I think, because they're a company that was enormously successful for so long. And and I don't think it's because Jack Welsh left. It was a neutron Jack left, you know, <laughs> um, because, you know, he famously built it up into a conglomerate. I think the world changed. Mm. And, um, you know, perhaps GE was too big and too sprawling. So there's been a lot going on there. As you quite rightly said, they merged their energy business with Baker Hughes mm. last year. Um, and... As a result, Baker Hughes is a GE company. We don't know for how much longer if, you know. Well, they announced they're getting rid of it in two or three years, GE. So So GE's got huge debt itself. Yeah, 25 billion. Which it probably wants to eat into. Mm -hmm. Baker Hughes, on the the other hand, has about $8 billion of debt. Mm -hmm. But -hmm. according to analysts, that's not a lot. Um, They've got $7 billion in cash. Yeah. Which Uh, some of that is going to this deal, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, It has a debt to equity uh, ratio for the second for the quarter that ended in June of 0.53, which is relatively high, and that usually means that a company has been aggressive in its finance in financing its growth uh, with debt, which of course can result in volatile earnings. So it may be that GE once it's in there and has a look had a look at the you know the back papers and everything, have thought, do you know what the best thing we can do is actually cut our own debt and get rid of it. Um, you're talking about GE, the 0.53, or you're talking about Baker, Baker Hughes? Baker Hughes. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because the other the other analysis that I saw was that you know what it wasn't too bad the debt pile, but you know given the cash, but I mean Baker Hughes is doing innovative things to guarantee revenues. Um, it's doing potentially a production sharing agreement in Brazil. Um, it's talking to Adnoc about uh, it's invested with Adnoc in this, mm-hmm. and it obviously sees the potential for as. Mr. Alkindi said the unconventional drilling in this mm-hmm. part of the world, and it'll get in on the ground with the state oil company yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Baker Hughes is working in Saudi Arabia; it's working in Egypt. Um, it, it sees this region as as obviously important to its to its fortunes. Mm. And I think you made a good point about the culture aspect um, because of those involvements that Baker Hughes has in the region um, it, it, and has had for a long time. It, it's possibly, you know, compared to the other big players understands the whole process a lot better in this region yeah. and, and and makes everybody feel a lot more comfortable about well, it. The culture's really important because, I, I tell you why it's it's extremely important, is because nobody really knows how it will work in, in practice, the expansion into other markets. Within the UAE itself, ad hoc drilling, thanks to the Baker Hughes experience, will be very competitive, mm-hmm. will, will competitively 
bid for projects from Adnoc. We'll win them. We'll subcontract them out, whatever mm-hmm. they need to subcontract mm-hmm. out to the private mm-hmm. sector. Mm-hmm. There'll be more drilling, so there'll be more opportunities for everyone. Yeah. Rising tide will lift yeah. all boats, yeah. as the cliche mm-hmm. goes. But outside of the region, uh, there's a, the potential scenario of Adnoc drilling with Baker Hughes as an investor competing against Baker Hughes, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, Middle East yeah. um, for for jobs. So yeah. what does that look like? Do they go yeah. in together? Yeah. Do yeah. they um, do they decide we're going to bid for everything together, or is it certain markets mm-hmm. require different approaches? Mm-hmm. Will they compete against each other? So there's a lot that will still need to shake out. So yeah. the deal closes before the end of the year, hopefully. Yeah. The operations, be- so joint operations begin sort of 2019, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll find out a lot more. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of anticipation of what this could mean. Significantly, you know, more oil and gas out of the ground mm-hmm. at a cheaper mm-hmm. cost mm-hmm. is potentially more money mm-hmm. for the government. Yeah. And yeah. essentially and more money for the country. More yeah. money for the country. Exactly. And so to come back to your point, we'll come full circle. Yeah. The, the the what the potential could mean for other industries mm-hmm. that have grown up to certain points mm-hmm. thanks to the kind of div- the divert diverting of that oil mm-hmm. and gas money. There could be a resurgence in that kind of investment property. Yeah, absolutely. Tech, I, I, aviation, yeah. transport, you name exactly. it. Exactly, and I, th- I think I think the the counter argument to the suggestion that it seems to fly in the face of, of a, a move away, you know, the, the um, statement that we want to move away from oil reliance is as as I think you point out there, you know, a large increase in the amount of money available in the country then freeze it up for the further development of renewables, of, of plastics that, that do not destroy the planet, of um, alternative fuels that, that meet the, for instance, maritime fuel regulations coming in in 2020 for cleaner fuels. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's the counter-argument stands just as well as the, uh, the observation. I'm glad I was able to convince you. <laughs> Chris Nelson, thanks for being with us today. Pleasure, Mustafa. All that remains is to thank our producer, Kevin Jeffers and you, the listener, for being with us. Please join us again next week 